It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome in. It's Thursday. Already the 7th of December. So much going on. You know, so I prepare an open and then everything goes crazy because the commissioner of the American decides he's going to retire today. Comes at an interesting time. I did not see that coming. I'll get into that in a second. A good night for Memphis Hoops. The Tigers escape in Richmond against Virginia Commonwealth. It was like 180 from the Ole Miss game. The Tigers were behind this whole game. In fact, 30 minutes and 15 seconds of the game, they were behind only led like six minutes in the game and still wound up winning in overtime. Remember, it'll miss. 11-point lead in the second half. They led almost the whole game and then gave it away at the end. So a 180 there, and it was there's really never first week of December must win, but this was pretty close to must win. The Grizzlies, speaking of behind, they were behind. Most of the game. And then they exploded in a 38-14 fourth quarter. Behind Desmond Bain with a career-high 49. I I didn't realize until I saw this, and we're going to talk with Pete Pranica in just a little bit about this game. Holy smokes. You're you're, you're talking about 49 from Bain. The franchise record is 52 from Ja. He's close. And all of a sudden, they've won six games. They've got five games to go before Joff. They could win a couple of those. It really is. They're only four games out of the playoff spot right now, play-in spot. So postseason is certainly not out of the question, especially since they've won three of their last four. Um, Winter baseball meetings, Yankees look like they're going to hit 1,000 home runs next year with some of the moves they've made. The meetings were in Nashville, the winter meetings. We're going to talk baseball with Tim Doolin. That will come your way at about 1028, and then Jarvo will join us. We'll talk about the Tigers losing their D.C., and now we'll talk about since uh, everything's kind of gone nuts this morning, Mike Oresco. And I have mixed feelings about Mike Oresco. I think overall you would have to say Mike Oresco did a pretty good job because Mike Oresco was able to keep the folks that are so close yet never getting the prize, the schools that are almost in Power 5 but couldn't quite get there. He kept them relevant. He got them a decent television contract, not like the Power 5, but clearly the most superior by a long shot of any of the group of five. He was able to do that. He kept them relevant. He got them a seat in the playoffs, which is so weird to me why he decided to retire. Now he's 74, so maybe that's a part of it. I have a lot of friends that are 75, 77, 80 years old that are still working all the time because that's what fulfills them. Maybe this was no longer what was going to fulfill Mike Oresco, but... He leaves at a very curious time. He got what he wanted with the playoff. Maybe he sees something coming that he just doesn't want to deal with anymore. I'm really not sure. But I I do know this. He's not perfect. I did not like the inclusion of Army and not getting the Army-Navy game. I thought that was... Why? Why? Why include another football team that's not really a great football team unless you're getting that game? That would have made sense to me. That's prestigious to have both military academies. And I love those trips, I must confess, selfishly. But the, the, if you don't have that game, what does the addition of Army do for you? So that was kind of weird to me. And then you had Oregon State and Washington State looking for partners. You had the Mountain West there that seemed to me to be a little weak. The fact that he never went after those those schools, never tried to be involved and try to combine them to get a super conference out of that. Because if you had taken the best of the Mountain West, Oregon State, Washington, with the best of the American, and maybe felt loyal to those teams in Texas. I don't know what it was, but he didn't seem, unless he just failed, and you know when you do, you never admit that, but 
That didn't happen. And that that was troublesome, I think, to a lot of fans, particularly those here in Memphis. So there certainly is mixed feelings about Mike Oresco. Uh, but I, I, and, and the things I mentioned, those are bothering, bothersome. But if you look at it overall, he kept that, that group as the close but no cigar group. He kept them relevant and did get the best TV deal. So where does the American go now? They're entrenched in Dallas. Uh, he moved them there from the Northeast. So I, I, I don't know what direction they're going to go. Another TV guy? Is there a, a, another college administrator that's got some clout? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see which way the league will go on all of that. So that that's... Uh, Pretty much interesting morning, and it changed kind of everything the way uh, we were going to go. But we got plenty that we'll talk about. We'll start with Pete Pranick in a minute as I sit in the family leisure studios. And I do remind everybody you've only got to get to I-40 and Widden Road, and there you will see a Christmas sale. You knew it was coming. So this will include... Excellent deals on pool tables, shuffleboards, and saunas. Now, if you're tired and sore from shopping, check out the huge in-stock selection of hot tubs and those very cool massage chairs. I used to think that was so gimmicky. I got in one when I was at Family Leisure. Like, it's a full-body massage down to your calves. It's crazy. Your Bottom of your feet. It's amazing what these things can do. Go check that out. And if you want to surprise the kids with a new arcade, a game table, or a play gym, gifts for the whole family to enjoy during the Christmas sale. <laughs> a little, little, little chilly here. Ah, Had okay. a little bug there. Say that again. Had a little bug there. Little bug. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get home at 1.30 in the morning. I mean, it's so good. You just have to sneeze for family leisure. Right? I did. I f- it's it's a sneezable kind of, of of sale. It makes you, you know, shakes you your body. Up, man. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to another tired guy because he came in from Detroit last night. I don't know. What time, Pete? Pranica, TV voice of the Grizz. What time did you get in last night? Uh, I actually got to the house by midnight. That, what? That's the benefit. Of, well, you know, short, shorter flight and, uh, you know, time change. Of course, you had time change. You're coming in from Virginia, but I think you had a little, maybe you had a little longer flight. But, uh, no, I was back to the house, actually. I, we were on the ground about 1130 or so. That's incredible. Night, so it wasn't the worst. We, we we got in about 1. I got in my bed about 1.30, so it wasn't horrible. Um, but how about the, good night for both of us, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good night. Good night for Memphis basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this one. All right. Here's the thing that first comes to my mind. First of all, you do not want to lose to Detroit that had lost 17 in a row. Now that's 18. My goodness, that's uh, an awful lot of losses. And and you almost feel sorry for the Pistons, but you certainly don't want to lose to them. But more importantly, 6-14 and 14 now. So that's just four games out of a play-in spot. And job ja returns in five games. If you could win a couple more before Ja gets here, I, I think playing, it's still there for you. I really do. If if Ja comes back and everybody is able to gel very quickly, and he's still uh, as prolific a player as as he was, I I think postseason is still possible. I think it is. I think it is. And, and also you get Marcus Smart back, hopefully you get Luke Kennard, and mm-hmm. they could all be arriving, you know, in the second half of the month, and, and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Now, you've got Minnesota coming in on Friday, and I want to encourage everybody to come on out because Anthony Edwards was saying, well, you know, FedEx Forum, you know, that's not the environment I'm used to. It was so quiet the last time Minnesota was here. So I know that uh, it's, a, it's a short window because the game was just announced, but I hope, hope people will come out on, on Friday and, and prove Anthony Edwards wrong. Uh, that the atmosphere at FedEx Forum uh, will be as good as it always has been. That's going to be a tough game. You've got Dallas. That's not going to be an easy game. Doncic no. is just playing out of his mind right now. So, yeah, you hope you hope that you might be able to get a couple more wins. Um, you can't always rely on a heroic performance from Desmond Bain last night, but I, th- I thought the bench was very good and the complimentary players were good as well, uh, in addition to Bain just putting up a career-high 49, which he was just amazing. Double-digit points in three of the four quarters. 
Well, in December, he's averaging 35, 5.7 assists, so five and three-quarters assists. Um, and he's hit, I think he's made three and three-quarter threes per game. And and the percentages, field goal percentages are higher. I mean, he's, I, I, I was uh, amazed. I mean, the, I guess the franchise record is 52 that Ja owns, and he right. was in the three of, of tying that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it would have been nice to get him to a 50-piece, and he and Morant would be the only two to have uh, hit the 50-point plateau. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he was amazing. And um, mid-range, at the rim, three-pointers, and racking up assists. I, I looked it up. The, the stat line he had last night has only been done by 20 players in the NBA, uh, Bain included. Wow. Now, of course, that takes into account because Bain had a block, and blocks you know, weren't counted uh, you know, for a long period of time. But what's really amazing, and I, I put this out on, on X slash Twitter, Joel Embiid had that same stat line. I think he had 50 points last night. Embiid had a, a, a commensurate stat line last night. You know, and this doesn't happen all that often. Maybe right. once a season, and two guys did it on the same night. Well, believe it or not, one in the morning I'm listening. <clears throat> I'm on my way home to a radio, to, 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 to a sports network, and um, – they go. They they were bragging about Baines forty nine. They go, but it wasn't the best of the nights. <laughs> right, right. And they talked about Embiid. But to me, last night, I mean, if we're talking total NBA, Luka Doncic gets a triple double. And I heard uh, my, my my old buddy uh, give the call, um, Chuck Cooperstein, mm-hmm. of a triple double in the first half. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he, he's playing amazing basketball. So apparently, a, a newborn and lack of sleep is not affecting his play at all. So, yeah, I mean we're we're seeing some really amazing performances, and I know people are geeked up about the in season tournament uh, semifinals going to be uh, today in Vegas. So yeah, it's a, it's it's been uh, in many ways it's been a good year for the NBA. I it is it is incredible to me seriously the how how good. The foreign players are Jokic, two-time NBA MVP, right? Yep. Uh, in, in Denver, you've got Doncic, who is uh, you know, maybe the best player in the NBA right now. I, I, it's hard to deny. He's got as many triple. He's got he surpassed Larry Bird last night for triple doubles, and he's done it in a third of the games that Larry Bird played. And now the game's a little different, granted, but still a third of the games. That's. That that is uh, amazing. You've got Embiid. He's a uh, we we he's a foreign player, right? We count that as a foreign player. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it's incredible how the the this sport is the now the most global sport. I think unless soccer gets bigger in America, it's the most global sport at a big time level of any of them. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think what you're seeing, and, and a lot of people have talked about it, your foreign born players. I mean. They're brought up in sports academies, and they're really teaching fundamentals. Um, you know, here you have the AAU system. You know, where it's it, it's a different it's a different approach to the game. I'm just going to put it that way. And and you do have foreign born players that have been working on fundamentals like a ball handling and footwork and 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 all the the real fundamentals of the game. And then when they bring their game over here, they're more fundamentally sound than than some of these young players that are maybe played like one year in college you know, a couple of years in high school and they haven't been rooted in the fundamentals. And so that's why you get guys like Doncic who are so fundamentally sound or Jokic, uh, you know, they, they just learn to play the game in a different way than, than what is done in, on American shores. And, and we're seeing the difference in that. And we're seeing, you know, it used to be foreign born players. Yeah, they were skilled, but they were soft. Well, you know, you look at some of these EuroLeague games and there's some pretty rowdy environments there. So, uh, well, you know, you you, you got to be tough. I think that's gone 180 from from the very beginning. And you know, guys like uh, Tony Kukoc, I think they they labeled him kind of a soft and coming from that system. But Look, when your when your nickname is the waiter, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but but I've heard NBA coaches say this that they prefer the attitude of the foreign player, as you you just mentioned. They grow up. It, it may be like pro, but it's structured, it's disciplined, and those guys are actually hungry. More so than sort of the pampered AAU system where a kid in high school is put on a throne, given a whole lot of stuff, and doesn't really have the same love of the game or working for the game that the foreign players do. What are we up to, like 37% of the leagues now uh, foreign-born? 
that sounds about right. I, I, I don't have the number off the top of my head. Well, the other thing, too, is that the way the game is, is taught overseas is much more team-oriented. And I think what you see with the AAU system is, as yeah. you mentioned, you get a you get a kid who, who scores a lot of points, and okay, well he's he's the man. But what about the other four guys? Um, and so I think that you just have a different approach, a different philosophy, uh, and that's how why you see Luka Doncic is, is racking up triple doubles like crazy, and, and you see Jokic is just an amazing basketball player because certainly you look at you look at his physical body, and you don't think this is this is an NBA you know fantastic MVP type player. Uh, and of course, you look at him when he was a chubby little kid. And you're like, "There's no way in this world this guy's going to be an outstanding NBA player." Well, but uh, it, it just his vision and everything it makes him so good. And we missed the other one. We we missed Giannis. I think the last five yeah. MVP, well, the last five years, three different guys have it's it's been a foreign player who's won the MVP. So um, <laughs> it, it it is interesting to note and just. Just how global the sport has become, thanks to the NBA. It, it, that 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 really has been fun to watch. All right, so you talked a little bit about the play-ins, and I, I do believe that you know Adam Silver's pretty smart, and he's figured this one out. I don't love the floors, but I love the attitude because at least in these quarterfinals in particular, and the last games where the score differential meant so much, these guys have been playing much harder than they might have earlier in, in uh, or earlier years in a December or late November matchup. And you've got the semis now. Indiana and Milwaukee, that could be a little surprise. I think New Orleans and the Lakers is a bit of a surprise as well. you got teams that you weren't quite expecting in these semis in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. And you saw the scene with Indiana playing at home against Boston. And, uh, you know, Halliburton says, look, for the first time, I'm really playing for something. Um, you know, yeah, it's an in-season tournament. It's not, not the NBA championship, but the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. And Damian Lillard said the same thing. He said, you know, when we started this, we really didn't know what it was all about. Well, now, you know, at the start, we knew it was about $500,000 if we win. And as you get into it, and as you experience it, he's going like, man, this is really something. And, and now you have this uh, greater competition level than you would normally see in a December game. I think the one thing that they may want to tweak is, you know, the score differential in, in the group games. You know, then you get starters that are staying out there long, exposing, exposing themselves to injury and, um, you know, as a tiebreaker. But how many tiebreakers can you really have this early in the season? It is, it's but, a tough dilemma, too, because, uh, you know, the, the thing that I, I, I found interesting, and, and, and actually I, I, I agreed, is that it when you start running up the score like that, it's almost a disrespect to the game and, and the opposition. And and so I think it's almost an unintended consequence trying to figure this out that they did that. And because it was coming into play, some people like what uh, the hack a shack when you're up 30 mm-hmm. in a game, mm-hmm. that that is disrespectful of the game. I don't know what the answer is. I, 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 I can complain about it, but I, I wish I had a better answer for it. I think the only thing that I thought of would be to use this year's regular season record as a tiebreaker to date, you know, mm-hmm. which then motivates you to win the games in the run-up to the in-season tournament. And at some point, point differential is going to have to play into it. But again, yeah, I think the whole thing about running up the score and keeping starters in, exposing them to injury, I think those are unintended consequences. I think you may see a tweak to that. The other thing, too, that we're finding, and the crowd was very sparse in Detroit last night, when we have a good crowd on Friday night, these two games are just you know thrown in there once the group play is done, and so the teams don't have an opportunity. They don't have a big selling window to get people in the doors, and if people aren't paying attention, they don't even know that the game is going on. And so uh, the the attendance in Detroit, and I know you know Detroit's only won two games all year long, eighteen right. game losing streak, but that I think is also an unintended consequence when you add these games so late and what it does to attendance and ticket sales. Now, having said that, I, I just saw a press release that I think attendance in the NBA through this point in the season is the best it's ever been. By the way, my guy Duran how he's 17 and 11 then got hurt last night. Um, yeah. He's a heck of a player. How bad is that injury, you think? Uh, we only ran one replay of it, and very judiciously so, because it was a pretty nasty turn <laughs> of the ankle. and he, <laughs> he, had already, he had already missed seven. I don't know if it was the same ankle or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a heck of a player. He's definitely got an NBA body. We were talking about it on the flight home last night. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, Orlando Woolridge. Oh yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, and he had that body when he was a freshman in Memphis. He really did. Mm-hmm. All right, last yeah. thing, we got to let you go. Why do you think Anthony Edwards said something as stupid as he did? I, th- I just think he was being honest because, you know, the, the, it's been a little quieter at home. There's no John Morant. There isn't the same buzz in the building. Um, it's he, he's, he's so young he doesn't understand that that becomes bulletin board material. Um, but... Hey, look, I mean, the Grizzlies at that point had won a home game, you know, and right. so it, 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 it's not quite the same as when John Moran is there and the team's really rolling and putting up 130 points as they did so many times last year. It'll be fun to watch on Friday. I hope the crowd comes and is crazy, that's for sure. Thank you, Pete. We'll do this again next Thursday. All right, sounds good, Willa. Thanks. our man, Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Grizzlies. He is brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, always growing. They just broke ground in a brand-new building that will take uh, shape in Collierville. I, I just tell you, this place, Southern Security, has been around 70 years. They have been helping banking needs for 70 years. Think about it. It's almost three generations now. Dawn Grader's taken over. She's getting it bigger and better all the time. They have unbeatable rates, low fees, the best of service, I promise. And then talk about all the new technology. Wait till you see that building in Collierville. Everything that's new, they will have it. So if you're a business owner, Southern Security is the place for you. If you're in need of an auto loan, you want better benefits with your credit card, at Southern Security, they'll take care of all your business banking needs. And they've done it for a long time. And they will answer you on the telephone if you want to get involved. You can go to their website at southernsecurity.org. But they are encouraging you. Call. Talk to one of the team members. 901-452-7900. Let them walk you through what banking can be like for you with Southern Security, your home team credit Union. Our title sponsor, you know it's Homer, Homer Skelton Hyundai in Olive Branch, where within that building is Genesis of Olive Branch. There's a guy, crazy Canadian, Vinny Gerard is there. Vinny's over those Genesis cars, and he's got a deal right now on the SUVs. The GV70 is the smaller one. The GV80 is larger, got so much room. Both have all the new toys and whistles. They've got everything you want with new technology and all that luxury ride that you get with a Genesis. There's a sales price and some special financing incentives. Go see Vinny. It's Genesis of Olive Branch right in Homer Skelton Hyundai, right at the corner of Craft Road and Highway 78. First exit in Mississippi off what is really Lamar. It's Homer Skelton Hyundai and Genesis of Olive Branch. We pause for a second. When we come back, we will chat with our baseball guy, Tim Doolin. The baseball meetings were in Nashville. They're still going on, actually. Uh, we'll get his take on what's occurred there, the the uh, big Padres and Yankees trade from yesterday. We'll get the whole thing from Tim in just a minute. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome back in. We told you we, every once in a while, even in the middle of winter, got to talk some baseball. We got to talk to our baseball guy. It's Tim Doolin. He was just at the winter meetings in Nashville. And, you know, you see that. Nashville seems to be the biggest growing city uh, in America, that in Vegas. Uh, is Nashville going to get an expansion team? Is this part of that whole big deal? Was this a trial balloon, Tim Doolin? I, I don't know if it's a trial. They've had it there before at the Opryland Hotel, and obviously it's it's much more than a hotel. It's almost like a city. I mean, I, I saw guys wandering around there that had had a few cocktails that were totally lost trying to find their room. <laughs> you, you weren't one of those guys, were you? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Um, but I have uh, not remembered what room I've, I've stayed in before just because I travel so much. Anyway, I, I do think that Nashville is definitely one of the top two or three cities that is buying and has a uh, a really good group of of, uh, of 
potential investors and Justin Timberlake, including one of those. Hmm. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, prior to him getting back, going back with the Phillies, was on that committee. So I, I do think Nashville is um, is very viable. I mean, obviously the growth of the city, and uh, I know the Reds are not super happy about that because it's you know it's pretty close to Cincinnati. Right. But other than that, I, I do think they're uh, they're going to probably get one. So do you and, think? And do you think so. baseball say in the next ten years? Do you think baseball expands? Oh, uh, well, definitely does. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, for sure, I think the game's healthy. Uh, they've made some, you know, some of the adjustments they've made to the game I didn't think were, were viable. Um, speeding the game up has definitely been, I think, a seamless and much needed. Uh, a lot of the stadiums now are, are much more entertainment-oriented, uh, and that's even down to the minor league teams. Uh, I like, you know, the shift and going away and things yeah. like that. So I think they're, they're moving in, in the right direction. I, I think they've been behind the NBA and the NFL from a marketing standpoint, but I do I do see things getting better, and some of the players I've talked to uh, are on, along the lines of uh, agreeing with that. So I I, I think I, I love the pitch clock right off the bat because I do think that was an issue with taking as long as it did. I di- I was against the shift move, but now I'm for it because yeah. um, it, it it does seem like the games are more entertaining. I've I've enjoyed it. Um, well, I think one thing, too, Willow, it, it is more enjoyable, and I think the definition of your term enjoyable is I think it brings back the athleticism, definitely for middle infielders. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, along those lines, it's also uh, bringing the game back to uh, more defense, more speed, you know, more bases being stolen because those base stealers are typically athletes that play up the middle. So I think it's a more exciting game. I really do, and I'm I'm glad that they that they've done that. Take me to Nashville. What what was the biggest uh, uh, points uh, of of interest in these meetings? Well, they really you know obviously there's some pitchers out there that still are unsigned uh, unsigned that were the topic, um, and I think a lot of agents are sitting on the sideline waiting for the you know the first big one to go from a pitching standpoint. Obviously Shohei Otani and uh, all of Major League Baseball was hopeful that that would be a big splash. That hasn't happened yet. I do think it's it's getting closer. Uh, the Juan Soto trade um, was was imminent, and um, the Padres got a lot of great young arms uh, from the Yankees. And I think that knowing Scott Boris, that they will be working on a uh, a long-term deal with Soto. If he gets off to a good start, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a long-term deal by the All-Star break. If not, they've rented a player for a year and uh, gave up a lot of really quality minor league arms. Uh, uh, let's see. Well. They got Verdugo the day before. Now now they've got Soto. They've got Judge. Uh, there's another big-time power hitter in that lineup. There's more than one. How, well, how many home runs? He, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, forgot he, about Giancarlo Stanton. My goodness. Well, hey, they're going to hit. They're going to hit like eight hundred home runs next year. Well, the the problem is you got you got you really. If you look at it, both Judge and Stanton are really good players. Obviously, right. Uh, Judge is is an MVP type player. Neither one of those guys have been able to stay healthy. Okay. Right. Uh, Judge didn't last year. Stanton hasn't over the last several years. He's basically a DH that you could fill him in to play a little bit. However. To me, it, it still comes down to look at the teams that that advance and get to the World Series and get deep in the playoffs. Yeah, they got they got guys that can hit, but they also have lots of really good pitching. And so the Yankees are going to have to they're going to have to do a better job of, uh, of staying healthy on the mound and having guys step up to to have better years. Um, and and I think that's going to be the key. Scoring runs in Yankee Stadium, especially adding Soto with with that short porch to right field, it's going to be huge. However, uh, you're not going to beat teams twelve to eight. You know you're you, you're going to have when you especially when you get to the playoffs. Those arms that you're going to be facing are really good. Well, so if you don't have a combination of some uh, really good pitching and defense and some speed, look at the Diamondbacks. Come on, that, were, are you kidding me? Those guys get as deep as they got, uh, and and then you say, how did they do it? Well, they did it with speed, some power, really good pitching, great defense. Uh, and they went. They were able to get hot at the right time. 
Does does that make the 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 Yankees at least for this year? Does that make them the favorite in the East? Considering you got Baltimore and Toronto was coming on. No, I, I don't think you can. I mean, every year on paper we talk about the Yankees being the favorite, right? Right. I mean, every year. Uh, and so, no, I think the Red Sox are continuing to make improvement. Uh, the Orioles have have really been the talk of the East for the last couple of years. Every year they keep you know adding great drafts. And and their young players are coming up and producing. You got you got Matt Holiday's son, who's probably 19 years old, that went from A ball to Triple A last year. They're I guarantee you he's going to be in the mix at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got other really good players. So I, I can't I wouldn't say that the Yankees are going to be the favorite. I think they're going to be in that race. It's going to almost look like the the. Um, the uh, the National League with the you know with that division with the Cardinals and the Brewers and you know at the beginning of the year you got everybody that we're talking well, about well and and put my Cubs in there if they get Shohei no no that's well they're not getting Shohei but what you can, you can keep dreaming he's going to go Chicago he, think he, they are well they can think all day he's not going to go play in the cold and, and here's what people don't understand is like he is going it's going to be a combination of of three things it's not all about the money for him. The guy is he, he eats, drinks, and sleeps baseball, and he competes. He's a lot like Mookie. He wants to win, so he he wants to go to a team that's not only good now, but also is going to have uh, players under control. And the Braves are in that mix, but I don't think the Braves have them have the money. Uh, I think it's going to come down between the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, and some of, some of my friends that are on MLB now that are much more versed um, in it than I am are saying that the Dodgers and then don't count the Blue Jays out. I don't see why we go to the Blue Jays because they're, they've got a lot of young players that they don't have under control. And we all know the Dodgers are going to continue to spend money, especially on the backside of Shohei's career when he ultimately at some point in time will become a DH. He wants to be at a place where he can win. He loves the warm climate. Uh, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but that's, that's what I see. Well, great sushi in Toronto, apparently, huh? Say it again. Great sushi in Toronto. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, and and look, you know, they say, oh, you know, he would be he would be the talk. He's the talk of Major League Baseball wherever he goes to play. Well, I'll be honest and with so, you, Tim. I'm I'm shocked, honestly. He's having Tommy John surgery. It's the second time he's having Tommy John surgery. No, 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 no. He's already had it. He's had okay, but yeah. it was the yep. second one he just had. So he's going to hit. He's not going to pitch this year. Yeah. I, I, I cannot believe he got as much interest. And they're saying he could get a six hundred million dollar deal. And we have no idea if he's going to fully recover from no. a second Tommy John. I, no, no, I'm shocked. No, he at will. Him. Well, he will. But look, look, they're not signing him. Neither team is signing him. Counting on him pitching. Pitching will just be a bonus. He's a generational talent. I think what will happen is he goes to wherever he goes. He's going to play. He'll be able to play the. He'll be able to play the outfield this year. He's not going to be. Able, they're right. not going to pitch. Him. Right. Okay. And so then, in my opinion, the second year, you use him as a closer. I've heard and you he, say that be before, and I a hundred percent agree with that. A hundred. So look, if he because a you're going to get longevity because he's not going to. He's going to get you three outs, and he's probably going to throw less than 15 pitches getting three outs. Now, he's got pitches in the bullpen. He's going to have to figure out, can he you know, still be in the game and then all of a sudden come in from the outfield without a lot of warm-ups? But he, he, that's what he's done his whole life. So I, I think that that's what they're doing. And, and both whoever gets him, they've already had their, their marketing people say, okay, we're going to overpay this guy, but how much are we going to really make off of all of the apparel and the endorsements and all those things that's the gonna attention the that club. he brings, yeah, no, Dude. no doubt. Dude. Well, it's easy right. if he stays in L.A. It's easy. He doesn't have to move, right? I mean, uh, yeah, he's, right. he's he's been. I, I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he's in Anaheim or you know you you could commute yeah. from this. Not it's the same. Well, city, the weather the weather's the se- the weather's the same, and he, he either loves it. Or he doesn't, but I would say he loves, you know, how can you not? So you if, know? You, if you were a betting man, you're saying Otani will end up being in a Dodger uniform. That's my guess. Now, would I be shocked if he goes to Toronto? A little bit, but I, I think it is going to be those two those two clubs. And, and I really he's the biggest domino before all the other free agents are signed, although Soto was was, was not yeah. free agent, but pretty big. He will be a free agent. Um 
When does this deal get done? So all the others, like uh, I would say, knowing knowing the mindset of him, he he wants to get it done. He wants to get it done within by the new before the new year. Before the new year, that, that would. Be, and he then wants who's, to get who's, He wants to get. He's going to get to wherever their spring training site is: Dunedin and or uh, Camelback Ranch um, and Scottsdale uh, or Phoenix uh, as as early as he can because he he's all about getting acclimated. And look, we talked about this last year. Uh, I talked to Mookie the other day, is the reason why they played Mookie at second base some last year was, A, to see if he Mookie liked it, which he doesn't care, mm-hmm. uh, and he loves it. That's what, He came up as a second baseman with me uh, and some shortstop. And in, in, in hopes that it worked out the way it did, and ironically enough, they announced the other day that Mookie will be playing second base every day. Well, why did they do that? Uh, some guy named Shohei yeah, Otani. Yeah, he could play the F. Right, got it. So um, anyway, so I think the Dodgers have got to they've got to get better on the mound and hope that uh, that some of their guys come back healthy um, from Tommy John and other injuries. You know, they the, they lost the the left hander, got in trouble with domestic violence, who was one of their aces. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if they make other moves um, to get some to shore up some starting pitching. And it's right around the corner. We'll be talking again in February when spring training starts. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the holidays, Tim. Thank you again for coming on today. We appreciate you. Okay, well, uh, have a good one. Thank That's you. our baseball guy. That is Tim Doolin. He's brought to you by Ken Garland. Ken Garland, custom home builders. Ken knows you're committing big time. If you're going to build that dream home, maybe you're looking for land. By the way, he's got it. Or maybe you've got land that's been in your family. You're now ready to pull the trigger on that dream home, but you're not sure exactly how to utilize the land. Well, that's a specialty. He's really a special guy. He sees little details, big picture all at once. Perfect for what you want in a contractor. And here's the other aspect is he's going to work closely with you. He knows your commitment, and this is what you should expect. Quality construction on time, on budget. Every single time. Go to KenGarland.com, see what I'm talking about, and then call him. 751-1632. If you want the dream home, if you want a renovation with innovation, all the new amenities, he can do that perfectly. He is Ken Garland, Custom Home Builders. A pause for a second. We'll head downtown. Jarvis Greer is standing by. We got lots to talk about with Jarvo. He comes your way next. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wolotion. I talked to Jarvo earlier. I had all these things we were going to chat about, and then Mike Oresco decides to retire. Holy moly, no one saw that one coming. There are some mixed feelings about, I think, uh, Commissioner Oresco. There's no question. He separated the AAC from the rest of the group of five, the guys that were so close but not quite there. He did make them more significant with getting a seat on the playoff table, uh, getting to the New Year's Day Six Bowls, having the best of the TV deals. But then he he, he dropped the ball in some areas. I, I think I didn't get this uh, inclusion of Army without the Army-Navy game. What's your sense, Jarvis, of, of Mike Oresco and his retirement? And I have no idea who would become the next American commissioner. Good morning. Jarvis, are you there? Hello, Jarvis. Hello, hello. Yes, yes. You got me. Yeah, yeah. very good. It was on delay for some reason. I was, I, maybe I was listening to it off the radio. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm... Happy Hanukkah, by the way. Thank- oh, I meant to mention. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. First night of eight is tonight. Remember, it starts on the eve. A lot of calendars have first day of Hanukkah on the eighth, which is accurate. But the first night is tonight. So there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, man, no problem. No problem. 
Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. We, we want peace and love throughout yeah, the world. Oh, abs- absolutely. So uh, were you surprised by the retirement of the 70-year-old, 74-year-old Michael Resco? Um, you know, it's kind of like I get it because <laughs> he has had to deal with a whole bunch of stuff here that is like, you know, when he was brought in, man, he was the hottest thing going. He had everything working for the American, got the best TV deal, uh, got uh, some good bowls uh, for the uh, the teams inside the league to go to. And, you know, it's, look, how many years? Six straight, the American had teams in the New Year Six. Right. Thanks, SMU, blowing that for everybody. <laughs> beating beating uh, Tulane, it would kept us out. That knocked Memphis out of getting a nice little check out of that from the league, but... You know, with, with everything shifting and, and, and they're leaving changing to go with like it, it did, yeah. yeah, and they're leaving to go with it. But with everything shifting and changing like it has, and you know, remember he wrote that letter to, uh, uh, well, he had mentioned that hey, Big Twelve back when the Big Twelve was kind of struggling a little bit there, right. the American might be looking at taking some of those teams, and then the uh, the commissioner of the Big Twelve shot back, well, you're that's collusion. You're trying to take our people, and then what do they do next year? They take three teams out of the American. It's like everything has been, everything that he tried to do and worked for to get this league to have some some sort of status and was working, all of a sudden it just came apart with all this new teams jumping leagues and all the rest of this stuff. It just became a free-for-all. And, you know, how do you navigate that? And uh, so I take my I tip my cap and salute Mike, Mike Oresco, and I don't blame him for saying, look, I had enough of this stuff. Let somebody else deal with it. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I really do. Uh, maybe that is it. I, I I am shocked because he did help engineer the the seat at the table for the playoffs for the group of five. Yes, he did. He's mm-hmm. on that committee. Um, the timing seems weird to me. I hope it's not health. I really do. Because uh, personally, I, I, <laughs> it I, is health. I, I, I like of, him. He's sick of dealing with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that is is it in total. But it, uh, it, it is interesting. All right, uh, I want to get into last night in a minute. In a minute, but how about our our guy D'Angelo Williams getting in to the College Football <laughs> Hall fabulous. of Fame? I think you and I are both in agreement on this. He's the greatest Tiger football player of all time, isn't he? Oh, no question. No, no question. Look, I mean, he's still up there in the NCAA as far as you know. Most number of yards, total offense, and and just uh, he was an electrifying back. And as as great a player he was, he was as good a person, which you know I will always remember because we you know dealt closely with D'Angelo when I was working at Channel Five and also doing the the football games and you know just watching him play was a joy. He was you know jaw dropping moments. Every you, you never know once he gets the ball, anything could happen. He could take it to the house from anywhere on the field. And uh, that he went out in a blaze of glory with that Motor City Bowl. Remember, that was the year oh, yeah. that, you know, all three quarterbacks got hurt and you had to go with a wide receiver quarterback. And D'Angelo just took over that game against Akron and just, uh, what, he had more than 350 yards total offense or whatever. And scored yeah, he, all these he, touchdowns. he was absolutely amazing in that game, no question. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm just really happy for him and happy the way that he represented the University of Memphis. And uh, I think, you know, he is the first player right. to go into the College Football Hall of Fame. Third overall cool guy, though. Yeah, um, cool for the school because it's just a year after Spook Murphy, Billy. Uh, right. Spook Murphy went in. And we, uh, all, we all thought he was the first guy until somebody goes, no, there's a guy named Alan McKean. Alan McKean, yeah, back in 1938. He had played, I think, as the, somewhere during that that decade, he had played and done a lot of great things, or coached. Right? Funny, I think is, isn't it thirty-eight? That there's the other team that won five road games in in one year, like this Memphis team did this year. I think that's it. Yeah, huh. I think that's it. And I will say this, Dave. I want to go on record as saying this: for people poo-pooing what the Tigers did this year, no matter who they played, beat, lost to, any of that, to go nine and three and get a berth in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. The best bowl you can get in with the most money for the school outside of a New Year Six. Yep, I just can't believe it. I think I just say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays to everybody that the Tigers are in this bowl game because this is when I was playing day we would have died to get in this game. Oh no! Question. And you know we had a couple of teams that were they were on the verge of doing it but just never could crack that nut. And this is just fabulous for this team this year to get in. So since you bring that up. 
Now the Tigers will be playing Iowa State without a defensive coordinator or somebody. I have no idea who Ryan Silverfield will elevate. We'll find out soon. But who will be calling the defensive plays for the Tigers now that Barnes is going to Mississippi State? And I, I must confess, I liked Matt Barnes quite a bit. I, I, I texted him goodbye today and, and wished him the best and told him how much he's going to love playing Old Waverly and Mossy Oak down there. Um <laughs> Uh, I felt bad for him at times. The best of, uh, athletes on the team were not on the defensive side of the football, I don't believe. Uh, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of NIL money that will be geared uh, toward a defensive lineman of of of, uh, of, of bulk uh, and strength. There's one and, out there from Texas A&M that everybody's looking at, and I think he might be looking at this way, but we'll I see hope how so. that and then, and, and you got to get a lockdown corner because th- there hasn't been one for several years. Well, uh, you know, like you said, you like Matt Barnes, I like Matt Barnes. His scheme, he came up with the best scheme he could for the players that he had. Now, remember, Mac, Matt Barnes comes from Ohio State, where he's got not just one dude, he's got a bunch of dudes over there on that defensive side uh, that, you know, have athletic talent and speed and size and all the rest of that. He came here and didn't have that here and had to figure something else out. Remember, his first year, um, last year, uh, we had the big defensive lineman who was uh, uh, in the, the nose tackle, 6'5", 350-pounder, who uh, could just bottle things up inside. Cam Jackson. The yes, and he ended up you know, taking an IL to go to Florida. Yeah. And when he left, it totally exposed the rest of the Tigers' front line. You could get no defensive right. line. You could get no pass rush. Because guys like William guys Whitlow, Cremonte Hamilton, Jalen Allen, even, they did not have as good a year this year as they had with Jackson in the middle. No. And, uh, you know, that. You know, what are you going to do? The guy takes some money. Good for him. Gets a good deal to go to Florida. And then you got to try to, you know, re-figure out how you're going to do it. But then they got a couple of injuries over there, especially in the secondary. Davion Ross goes out. He was the one defensive back with really a lot of speed yeah. that could be a good cover guy, and he breaks his arm against Arkansas State. And, you know, you know Simeon Blair, there's a reason why Simeon Blair, I love him to death, why he left Arkansas, because they, uh, they recruited over him. They found somebody with more speed, because he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's very intelligent. He knows how to be, where to be, and when to be, but getting there sometimes might be a problem because of speed. And so, like you said, Dave, I think that the – they spent a lot of money on offense, NIL money, and it's what Tigers finished 15th in the nation, I think, in offensively. A lot of that money now, or some of that money, is going to be directed toward the defense to find, like you said, a big defensive lineman up front and a cover corner. So that would definitely help out, you know, whoever the future defensive coordinator. <laughs> Good player, great players make coaches great. No question. <laughs> no about, no doubt. Alright, let's switch gears to last night. It was a good night for Memphis basketball. Got the double. Both, <laughs> both pro and college. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got the Tigers coming through there in overtime at VCU, and then you got the, the Grizzlies getting a win at uh, Detroit, and that's funny, the Grizzlies game uh, you know, they said Detroit. Well, you know, they were two and seventeen. They lost ten in a row, whatever. Seven, and they were looking at the top because yeah. the Grizzlies. Yeah, the, if you go count last year and at the end of last year, and they're saying, "Whoa, the Grizzlies are coming to town." They're licking their chops, <laughs> and and the Grizzlies are saying, "Ooh, they haven't won a game, you know, since uh, whenever." And the Grizzlies are licking their chops. Well, the one that got to eat last night was the Grizzlies, and Desmond Bain was absolutely just a human torch. He was a flamethrower in that game. I know you were on the road, Dave. You didn't get a chance to see it. But, I mean, the shots he was hitting, and you could tell, all right, heat check. No, it goes in. And it's just like a lot of mid-range. He didn't take that many threes. And only three, only three, he made only three. But the deal is he had 49 points, which is, you know, his career high, three off the franchise record set by 12, John Morant. And uh, it's just like, wow. And he took off in the, I think he scored 19 in the third and 12 more in the fourth. And they got the win. So they, they got six wins now. So it's looking a little bit better. Yeah. If you're talking about you well, know, the end of the season. I, I, I mentioned this with Pete Pranica. They're only four games out of a, a, a play-in spot. So with Jock coming yeah. back, uh, and if they could win a and couple more better. before he comes back, it's just, every victory makes it a little bit easier to get there uh, in, in the end. The Tiger, the Tiger basketball team did did a 180. And Ole Miss <laughs> yeah, led the whole the game and then gave it up at the end. This time they were 
were behind the whole game and came through in the end. And it was there's not many must win games in December, but this was close to it. Oh yeah, and it's like real. It's really something, you know. I I watched that Ole Miss game, and it's like, I, how did we lose? You know, how did the Tigers lose again? No offense to Ole Miss. Now, I went to Memphis, so I can say we. But uh, it's like, it, it's you scratch your head how the Tigers lost that game because they pretty much did everything right in the game. Got a good lead. Ole Miss chipped away. Ole Miss had not hit three pointers that way the whole, you know, this whole year. Right. And both those guards just go absolutely crazy. But last night, you know, you're playing against. And that is one of the most hostile environments I think I've seen in a while. That had to rival um, the place out at Wichita State. Coke you know, it's a lot called. like that. Well, it's not round like Coke Arena. But right. It, uh-huh. you, you're right. It is similar in that regard. Seats about 7,500. Almost every seat was packed. And, man, they're into it. it Richmond's a cool little town. If you've never been there. Um, I haven't been there. It, it's, it's a neat place to go visit. There's Civil War stuff there. And uh, there's different neighborhoods that are just very cool. I, I really, around uh, VCU, that, that university area, uh, it's by downtown. It, it's, it's really cool cool if you get a chance. Jarvo, we're out of time. I appreciate it. Um, sure thing, Dave. I, uh, hopefully, I will see you soon. And, oh, yeah, man. Uh, in, Getting ready in, for the Liberty Bowl. And, and I can't wait for that. I can't wait for our coaches' meetings and everything else. Thank you, Jarvo. We appreciate it. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, <laughs> for sure. It, Jarvo brought to you by the Eflin Insurance Team. It's perfect because they love the Tigers. In fact, they've got it in their number, 386-GUR. 901-386-4777. They got GUR because they are such supporters of the U of M. And here's the thing. They're all about protecting you. They want to take care of you and your family. And the way they do it is they get to know you. They collaborate when they make their insurance plans. And then after they've gotten to know your family and what's important and what your budget is, they find the perfect insurance, whether it's for your car, your home, or life insurance, they will definitely pick the perfect protection. Same thing with small to mid-sized businesses. If you need commercial insurance. They get to know you, your product, your employees, what your budget is, and then they find the perfect commercial insurance. It's that simple. Call 901-386-GER. Get protected the collaborative way with the Eflin Insurance team. That'll do it for us. Johnny Radio is right around the corner. We'll see you, and Zach and I will make our pick six. It'll be all NFL uh, on on this next picking thing tomorrow, but... uh, Please come back and don't go anywhere. Happy Hanukkah, everybody.